the moment of truth the moment uh, we all have been waiting for is right here i want to take this opportunity to welcome my guests in studio and uh, i want them to introduce themselves and of course to let us know what they do and of course i'll start uh, from my farthest right okay so my name is john t slater and i work for a company called challenge works which is a uk-based organization that runs competitions challenges prizes we run programs to stimulate innovation around the world and my colleague hello well first of all a huge thank you for having us here today it's great to be here and uh, my name is naomi whitbourne i'm managing the mombasa plastics prize okay and we work as john t says for challenge works uh, and mombasa plastics prize is one of the many programs and prizes that we run across the world and really excited and happy that we are here in mombasa trying to tackle the growing challenge of marine plastic waste all right right thank you very much and of course uh, you've mentioned uh, i would like i would like uh, to start from how does uh, the challenge come to be because uh, for there to be a challenge there must be a need to address i want to understand how did this challenge come to be yeah happy to take that one to start us off well the mombasa plastics prize really started as a vision last year we started conversations alongside an amazing organization proportion global who've been running the program since alongside us as alongside many other kenya-based organizations and there was a growing recognition that the challenge of marine plastic waste is not one that was about to go away. 850 metric tons of waste is in Mombasa. Only about 5% of all waste is recycled. 20% is plastic. So there seemed to be a really big opportunity mm -hmm. to tackle this challenge. And I think we came to the collective realization after some really rigorous research with Mombasa based uh, young people, but actually young people and specifically those in their late teens and early 20s could be a really, really important part of that solution to try and tackle this growing challenge. So really that was where the Mombasa Plastics Prize came about, this recognition both of the problem, which I think we can all agree is one, yes. and of course not specific to Mombasa across Kenya and globally, frankly, mm -hmm. but also the huge opportunity there was to really get the young people of Mombasa at the heart of creating the solutions. So hence, Mombasa Plastics Prize was born. And, and I just want to say that with the, the population of Kenya going, getting younger and younger, the average age getting younger and younger, yes. how do we stimulate innovation? How do we get young people to start thinking about the new ideas, what ideas they can do to change their community, to work with their community? Mm -hmm. How can they do this? How can they do something that's local, but also can have impact around the world that people can take ideas? Mm -hmm. What can they learn from all what's been happening around the world as well? And how can they localize it for their community? And looking also in f looking at how do we work in informal settlements? How do mm -hmm. we work with young women? How do we work with people across the whole of Mombasa? Mm -hmm. Just taking this idea. Because without us stimulating young people and without young people being able to own the idea, yes. not just having to work for somebody, not just having to hustle on the street, how can you bring that idea and actually make it into a business uh -huh. that can have a future for you? How can you do that? And Kenya is known across the globe as entrepreneurs. Kenyans are known to be, let's create <laughs> the new bus, hustlers, <laughs> setting up the businesses. How can they do that? 
And <laughs> how could we tap into that yeah. and connect it with a problem mm -hmm. that we are all having to deal with, which is plastic mm -hmm. waste. Amazing. Plastic waste is key for us now. Mm -hmm. If we don't solve this problem, the key thing that's always the scary thing for me is if we don't solve this problem very soon, mm -hmm. there's going to be more plastic in the ocean than fish. Than fish. By 2050, right? Yeah. 2050. If not before. It, it, and it, this sure. is where it gets really scary because mm -hmm. how many people in Mombasa eat fish every day or eat fish a couple of times a week? It, everybody many. eats fish. It's, yes. it's what Mombasa is known for. Yeah, actually. Yeah, and how do, we, how do we make it so that actually the catch is don't get smaller, mm -hmm. how the catches get bigger, mm -hmm. how the catches can think, and they're not having to catch plastic in their fishing nets. To they want to catch fish. For sure. And uh, I understand that uh, the program, uh, usually you release or rather uh, advertise it. What uh, is very surprising is the number of people who, you know, apply. How do you, uh, what criteria do you use to determine, you know, uh, this is the kind of person we are uh, is going to be in the program? Well, uh, just before, yes. I want to thank Swahili Pot Hub because Swahili Pot Hub really helped us recruit all of the participants to this program. Swahili Pot Hub, as a major organization in Mombasa, Hi, is known is to be dealing with all of the problems that, to, to stimulate innovation. Mm -hmm. And they were a key partner in, in recruiting all of our participants. Mm -hmm. Now, Naomi can really talk about what we then used to select mm. those amazing individuals who all submitted such interesting ideas. Sure. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of take us a little bit back to the application stage, yes. as you just mentioned. So this would have been back September 2022 that the prize opened and they, they wrapped up in about November. So there were a few months to sort of spread the word, if you like. And as Jonty okay. said, Swahili Port Hub were absolutely integral to get the message out there. But what we, and we worked with Swahili Port Hub as well as Proportion Global, who I mentioned earlier, to make sure that the assessment and the application process was really accessible mm -hmm. to a really wide group of young innovators in Mombasa. Mm -hmm. We wanted to make sure that nobody felt they couldn't apply just because perhaps they didn't have the strongest written English or because they weren't sure that it was program that would quote unquote be fit for them. Mm -hmm. We wanted to have a high number of young people from informal settlements, given that as Jonty mentioned, that was a real focus of the Mombasa Plastics Prize. So yes. we did a video submission to make it a little bit more accessible for, for everybody, given that, as I say, sometimes written English isn't as comfortable, um, totally understand that. So we did a video submission and we got over 140 submissions for the Mombasa wow. Plastics Prize back in November last year. Mm -hmm. We on the back of both a mixture of uh, in-person information sessions yep. which as you mentioned yep. were really run and driven by Swahili Port Hub so that was sort of in-person sessions where people could drop in find out a little bit more about the prize but also a big social media splash so that people mm -hmm. can find it that way as well and as I say on the back of all of that and as I say I hope a more accessible way to apply we got 144 uh, applications and, and it was then a pretty rigorous and pretty systematic <laughs> uh, assessment process that followed mm -hmm. that we, we really carefully assessed a number of different criteria which were okay. set out mm -hmm. at the beginning of the sort of assessment process if you like and, yes. we, and we followed them very systematically to make sure that we were trying to keep uh, the, the assessment process as fair as possible and after all of that and some deliberations and consultation with our assessors our sort of team of experts um, checking all of that we found 60 finalists 
and uh, I understand uh, you actually after selecting uh, the 60 participants you actually uh, place them in teams why the teams why should they work in groups mm. and not as individuals I think it's really interesting when you ask people to create an idea when you do it in isolation you only think about your own experiences you don't think sometimes about what other people bring and when you bring people together and you form them into teams and they become this nucleus for this idea mm -hmm. they all bring their own experiences together and it allows ideas to evolve and change and be exposed to different parts of it to create a new idea because every individual may come with their own idea but what may come out is going to be so much more powerful than what was the original idea that, ever, that the individuals came with so bringing people teams together was to allow us to create more powerful ideas and also feel like they have a support network built in because if you're running something by yourself you everybody who knows who runs their own business runs it by themselves can sometimes feel very isolated they're, they're having to hustle just for themselves and think about their family but when you've got more people who are also bought into that idea your idea becomes much more powerful now how we got to the teams naomi can talk about because <laughs> bringing people together 60 yeah. individuals together and trying to let them match up and work together to create 14 teams mm -hmm. that was work that mm. took so much more than you even realize of course, uh, I, I think we'll get back to that after a short musical break. And of course, uh, when we do come back, yes, uh, I understand it uh, takes bet uh, it's almost more than six months between uh, the selection and the finals. So I want uh, when we do come back, we want uh, to see what happens in between here. And of course, uh, if you are joining us or logging in right about now, this is the drive show with Man Like Ipto, of course, with wonderful guests. Uh, telling us more about marine conservation and opportunities, of course, for you as young men and women. When you switch on your radio, when you switch on your radio, it's pure vibes. Make no mistake. This, this is Blue Radio. This is Blue Radio. Bringing the vibe. All right, all right. 21 past five o'clock, Davido with unavailable. Uh, of course, playing right here on your number one urban radio station. Of course, uh, if you're logging in right about now, thank you very much. And of course, uh, this conversation, of course, is tailor made just for you. And of course, uh, if or rather you are making the time to join us, follow us on our social media pages at Blue Radio KE is where you can find us. And of course, any questions for our guests, please kindly direct them right there and of course we go before we go any further i would like uh, to remind you of our social media question of the day what is that one question you should ask on a first date of course i would like uh, to take this opportunity to engage my guests before we go uh, a little bit further into the conversation of course i'll uh gentlemen first <laughs> oh the question on the first day yes the for, for me, the first question I asked my wife was what type of food she likes to eat. It mm -hmm. was about the food. I'm, I'm always the person who thinks about what is for breakfast, what is for lunch, and what is for dinner. You can tell I <laughs> like my food. And so the first question I asked was what type of food do you like? Amazing. And I, I got a very strange answer that mm -hmm. I still haven't solved the problem of yet. Till today. Because she wants home-cooked food. That was her choice. Wow. Amazing. Oh, this is... A tricky one because i mean 
so many questions to 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 get through on a first day. <laughs> I think whether it's a question or not, but it's it's whether you can have a laugh together. Uh-huh. So maybe you want to you know see if they've got a good joke or whether they you know whether they take themselves too seriously. If they can dance a little bit, if they can do a little bit of a sing, that's going to be a bonus. So yeah, what are their hobbies? Are they uh-huh. something a little bit creative? And okay. yeah, do they take themselves too seriously? If the answer is yes, then maybe you want to rethink. All right, amazing. What All is right. your que- what's your first date? Good uh, question. My question on a first date, um, tricky. You know, actually, I, I hadn't uh, thought about it, <laughs> but of course, uh, I would uh, ask if I would get another date. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're already planning ahead for the next one. I have to think. Uh, I have to You're think planning. ahead. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, I understand that uh, after the selection is done, now the real work begins. After uh, you as the challengers have identified, uh, pardon me, after you have identified the challengers uh, or the challengee, now uh, what happens between uh, this period of time? What you know goes into making sure that these guys are molded into the uh, experts or innovators they are supposed to be? Yeah, good question. So it's been... An exciting journey since January. So really, January was when the the finalists really started their innovations and got in. We mentioned they got into their groups. They really started to yeah come up with their ideas, their solutions, understand the problem further. So it's been a number of things to be honest. On the one hand, there's been the training support, weekly coaching. So they've had um, almost ten sort of training sessions, sort of quite formalized but with experts in the fields that they're working in to help really help with their knowledge uh, experiences and expansion there so they've had that they've also had coaching which has taken the form of sort of weekly coaching they've each been paired with a designated coach and that's for the sort of ad hoc questions as well as a weekly coaching session where they can talk about anything from the specifics of their solution to maybe any issues they're experiencing as a team of course anybody that's worked in a startup will know that that's a huge part of the process at the early stage so there's been all of that training support development and i I think a lot of that's been around personal development as much as it's been business development right Mm -hmm. that's on the one hand the other part of the support package if you like has been the financial support Mm -hmm. so we've given each innovator group 150,000 Kenyan shillings as sort of seed funding and they have run with that in whichever way they saw fit so some of them have used that to really build a prototype and that was sort of end goal if you like by end of April and early May uh, to get a prototype so they've been using that that seed funding for that and for getting some really good merchandise for posting around on social media forming partnerships so as i say it's been the non-financial support side of it the tra- training capacity building coaching mm-hmm. and then some funding as well amazing and of course uh, on mondays i i have a friend who was pitching and of course <laughs> the first thing that came to mind is this is something that you have to be comfortable with uh why why should they you know understand uh, or uh, understand uh, the value of pitching what does it offer to them and of course to their team so we give them multiple different ways to present. So that before they get to the pitch, before they pitched yesterday, yes. they had to submit a presentation and they had to do videos. So we give them, gave them multiple ways to interact with our judges so that 
for people who maybe aren't as confident on stage and pitching live that they could do the presentation, they could submit everything and they could do more written content. So we wanted to give it a balance because some people are much more exuberant and extrovert and they're really willing to chat on stage and show talk about everything. And there's other people that are quieter and much more thinking and want to idea. And we wanted to give a balance between those. The reason we do the pitching on stage is to understand the team dynamics, mm -hmm. is how the teams work together. Okay. Do the teams, does everybody get a chance to, does everybody want to speak? Does everybody, how, where have they added into the business plan? Where have they added into the prototype and the technology? So giving that chance to do it. Now we didn't do it a public pitching where we invited the public to see everybody. <laughs> uh -huh. They only did it in front of a very select group of internal team and in front of the judges. So it wasn't that they were hugely exposed. We didn't ask them to present in front of like 250 people. <laughs> it was more Dragon's Den mm -hmm. than, than anything else. Okay. It was more around getting them the chance where the judges could ask them questions about their ideas. Mm -hmm. That was the key thing is actually... Sometimes you, when you run these programs, you never get the judges a chance to ask questions, yeah, to sure. interact with the, the ideas mm -hmm. and to give, be able to give feedback as well. Yeah. And that was what happened yesterday. So all 14 teams mm -hmm. got up on stage. They had 10 minutes to present. Mm -hmm. They had 10 minutes of questions and answers with wow. the judges mm -hmm. and they were timed. And uh -huh. if they were running out of time, they were shown cards to say, you've got <laughs> one minute, you've got 30 seconds, you've got 50 seconds, you've got to stop. Wow. And it's very much trying to be equitable and fair to everybody so that mm -hmm. everybody had the same amount of time, got the same questions asked by the judges, and everybody got that chance. And we did it at the amazing uh, uh, Swahili Part Hub in oh, terms yeah. of the, the, the whole beautiful space looking out over the, the, oh, the bay. Yeah. And it allowed them to actually be very relaxed in that space. But I uh -huh. think that we, we could tell some of them were nervous. For sure. And I think that also comes through in terms of the passion. I mean, you can hear myself and Naomi talking about yeah. this. We're passionate we about, passionate about but it. We're passionate about it. But we get our passion from seeing the innovators, how passionate they are about their about things. It, yeah. Because we can't, we can run this program as much as we want, but if nobody interacts with it, then it has no It's value. not worth it for us. For sure. We, we only do this because yes. it makes, we want to see the future. And the own the future is the yeah. innovators who have been through the process. Amazing. And uh, I understand uh, that between this time, you usually uh, bring in uh, mentors, coaches, and uh, that kind of people. What value do, uh, do these uh, individuals impact on uh, the innovators and why is it important? The value can't be underestimated, to be honest. I think we've got to remember that these innovators, these new entrepreneurs, many of them are at the beginning of their entrepreneurial journey. Yes. So there's a steep learning curve. And that's everything we mentioned earlier, but that's navigating team dynamics, you know, how to work with other people. That's understanding the plastic ecosystem, the which stakeholders and partnerships and collaborations are important. And so there's been a hugely steep learning curve. And I think the coaches and the expert trainers have been able to, to really take them on that journey. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the other part, I mean, thinking about the more technical side, there's the, the more financial management, you know, there's so much that goes into sort of <laughs> all things business um, that I think, yeah, they've been, they've been invaluable to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, looking ahead, it's going to be really key for the entrepreneurs to think about 
who are their mentors even if they haven't got a designated mentor from the Mombasa Plastics Prize well who else can they they lean on mm -hmm. so there's that there's the guidance there's the advice there's a sounding board but the other part and this is particularly around mentorship is what sort of doors can they potentially unlock mm -hmm. what sort of partnerships can be created because you know again many of them are at the beginning of their entrepreneurial journey and haven't necessarily yet got all of those partnerships and those contacts those that network if you like and actually cool. having someone else backing your corner vouching for you mm -hmm. and helping to unlock some doors goes, such a, goes long a long way yeah. sure. and, and also the key thing as well that the mentors can bring in the coaches is you not, do not know your role that you'll have within the business is actually looking at your skill sets and working okay mm. you're going to be the technical director you are going to be the marketing director you're going to be the person who's going to help deal with the finance being able to understand mm -hmm. and see who has the skills or who wants that role within it and then what they're going to have to learn because of that and that is the mentors are there because of their experience mm -hmm. the coaches are there because of their experience of yeah. them being able to having done this before we only we brought in experienced people to be able to support our teams mm -hmm. we wanted people who be able to actually go and say actually this is what works this is what's happened in the past wow. and i think that's the most important thing is actually you don't want somebody who's just got an mba and has had no experience <laughs> in life as the coach that happens sometimes yeah. in these programs yeah. we wanted people who actually had had lived experience mm -hmm. to bring that in so that the teams could actually understand it could understand and tap into it yeah. and uh, uh, one more question before we go on our musical break uh, many of these uh, many of these individuals are very young and of course uh from uh, from my from what i understand from the prize or uh, the end prize it's uh it's millions of shillings it is, it is? 7.2 million it to be precise exactly in total exactly so how how is it important you know to impact uh, financial and uh, you know money skills into them you know so that uh, it's not uh, only this time only you know so that it can help them along go a long way why why do you give them such education because when you have money in your business and you haven't got a plan in place about what you're going to do with it or what you're going to spend it on sometimes you get distracted by thinking about oh i need a nice car or i need pretty office or i need to have a pen that's gold plated or i need a new watch mm -hmm. it's thinking about what is their business going to be and how the best use of that money is going to be for their business mm -hmm. but we are rewarding them for what they have done we do value this is a pri this is a prize competition mm -hmm. we're saying if you've got to this stage you deserve this money you deserve okay and then we leave it up to the judges to select who wins mm -hmm. at that point in time but we need to even if you haven't won you have still gained those skills so that when you decide to do your next business or your business two or three times in the future you can think back and go oh gosh that was an idea that really worked or i really learned something from that coaching session mm -hmm. and we want people to be able to take away something from it i still think back to 20 years ago when I was get, when I had my mentor and my mentor was talking to me, I still think, think back to some of the things that he told me then. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh, I now know myself repeating it to other people. Exactly, exactly. And it's that learning experience of going, oh, this is what I was taught. Mm -hmm. But actually I've learned and I've, I've made it better. Mm -hmm. I know, and that is what we have these things with in terms of the coaches and everything like that mm -hmm. is what the value that they bring. Amazing. 
uh, of course thank you very much i want us to take uh, another musical break and of course when you do come back i understand uh, that uh, naomi has a podcast i would like uh, her to tell us more about it when you do come back uh, of course uh, ladies and gentlemen at blue radio ke is where you can direct your questions right about now i'm going to be playing you some bien inauma right about now of course we are doing it properly Proper. Proper. Uh, One, and it is playing right here on the drive show of course welcoming you back to the urban experience is man like it of course uh, if you haven't followed us maze do the thing do the thing at blue radio ke is where you can find us and of course uh, we are in the final stretch of this conversation yeah man yeah man of course uh any questions for our guests kindly direct them uh, to our chat box or our social media pages and of course uh, one of the interesting things i haven't asked is finding solutions uh for a particular community in uh entails involving this particular community in your blog post uh you did a challenge in london where you involved i believe uh, the mayor's office and uh uh part of the community yeah. why is it important you know to bring the community uh as a as an ingredient in these uh, particular challenges i think if you don't engage local community the idea can never be understood by the community and it can never be accepted by the community mm-hmm. you can bring something in that feels completely foreign and while it can work for a small amount of time it is not sustainable and it doesn't have any longevity mm-hmm when the community understands it and they engage with it they feel like that they then have ownership with it and then they feel like they can be empowered to be part of this connection mm-hmm. that something isn't being imposed on them from outside mm-hmm. so i think this becomes when it becomes really key in terms of also can the community help create the idea so can so with the the mayor program the community actually was part of the engagement on it mm-hmm. but the same with Mombasa plastics as well is we each we are required each of the team to actually come and actually go and engage with their local with the informal settlements around Mombasa mm-hmm. to see what they actually needed they had to go and interview them yeah and just to add i think we also need to think about what we mean by community okay so of course there's a few parts to this right there's local yeah. residents people mm-hmm. who are invested in understanding and also getting benefit from these solutions for people people living there but then there's also other stakeholders you could say the government you could say local businesses um other ngos maybe so there's that part of the community as well and and you also need people to keep momentum going to keep it driving so we're running this prize we hope that the the finalists have got a huge amount out of it we hope that we will be selecting some amazing winning teams but but what happens after that you also need other members of the community to keep it going that point about sustainability well that will only happen if you've got buy-in if you've got local buy-in and drive Mm -hmm. so it's it takes a village right and Mm -hmm. i think this is a this is a key example of that amazing and of course uh, one of uh, your major objectives is also to ensure that uh, there is sustainability in uh after the project is completed how uh, how are you going to ensure that you know uh, these individuals and groups uh, will you know proceed grow and scale their businesses is there a way you are going to be following uh, up on them or is it after the prize and uh, also you know things end there i think our approach to sustainability has been baking it in from the begin- very beginning so what that means i suppose is that through our training and coaching is giving the 
the finalists as much support as they need to be able to keep their ideas going to the next stage. So, I mean, the truth is that we're, we're not going to be around running this prize forever, right? So yeah. there is an element of helping the finalists to help themselves and keep going through the right skills and knowledge base, which we've been supporting them with. But it's also connecting them with the right other communities and bases. So Swahili Pot Hub that we've mentioned earlier is a great example. That's now become a kind of quote unquote home for a lot of our innovators, the finalists. So they've now got a physical base as well as being able to sort of leverage the various pitching Thursdays that Swahili Pot Hub have and the other sort of community events that they can get involved in and, you know, potentially other funding opportunities that they can hear about through organisations like that. They've also been working at Close the Gap Hub. Um, again, another great network where they can really learn from the resources that they've got. So it's been kind of helping to connect them with other groups that they can keep engaging with as well as supporting to to give them the skills that they need to be able to keep running with their ideas. But community, just to say as well, is yes. one of the things that a lot of the groups that have been doing as part of Mombasa Plastics is actually doing like beach cleanups, is engaging with the local community to work out what they need to do. What can they do to help them stimulate business ideas within communities as well? Mm. And those have been amazing to watch and amazing to see. I mean, was it 10 tons of plastic has been collected by the teams already just in the last few months Wow! just mm. because they've been doing beach cleanups and working with their communities mm. that's a huge amount 10 tons is a lot of plastic lot everybody of goes oh it's only 10 tons actually 10 tons is a lot of plastic only in a couple of months and it shows what you can do when you work with the community you motivate the participants in the community and then you actually use that plastic for doing something with it and that's what we've seen with the amazing ideas with the 14 teams have been coming to and they were pitching yesterday is everything from like building materials to new pegs to like how to recycle better to alternatives, how, to plastics. Uh, alternatives to plastics to wow. board games to all these different ideas that were seen that were coming up and like can you make can you convert plastic into 3d filament can you can you do can you think about the future about how production is going to be so that you're not having to import things from other sides of the planet can you make things locally mm -hmm. and i think that's just where we, we were blown away with all of the ideas that people presented mm -hmm. because the teams are doing such really interesting things mm -hmm. and that's just where we need to really empower people to actually think about it and what we would love the listener listeners to hear while we may not be running Mombasa Plastics again in, in its current form for a while. Yes. But it doesn't mean you can't stop thinking about your own ideas. What's your hustle? What's your next hustle? Mm -hmm. What is that business that you are now going to create that you can get your friends to be part of that you will do it? Because it doesn't take a lot of money to start your first business. Mm -hmm. You just need to think about who's you're going to be your clients yes. and what's that product you're going to sell to them. Going to supply to them and as yeah. long as you don't do anything illegal, <laughs> and as long as you do something that, that you can look yourself in the mirror at the end of each day and go, I'm doing something good for the world and I'm making my community better, then you can honestly go and say, I am making this planet for my children, place. for my grandchildren, for my great-grandchildren. And, and Mombasa <laughs> needs that because... Mombasa has been around for a very long time mm -hmm. and it needs to survive for the next mm -hmm. 22nd century, 23rd century. 
And it's all about the ocean. And let's just bring it back to that because mm -hmm. this is all about marine plastic. Yeah. And we need to thank USAID and the Global Affairs Canada who funded this work. While Naomi and me are talking about this, mm -hmm. really, we couldn't have done it without That's USAID, the, the massive, amazing team at USAID East Africa and Global Affairs Canada coming and supporting this and actually believing in what we're actually doing here and believing that it's actually that stimulating and working with these young people is actually so important i mean uh okay you're welcome i just wanted to add though that they have been absolutely amazing and you know it, it is very exciting that we've been able to run this program but that shouldn't stop locally based organizations businesses private philanthropists seeing how they may be able to get involved and help take Mombasa Plastics Prize to the next stage. So mm -hmm. it's great what we've already achieved, but let's also not let that stop other people. If, if, if anyone's listening, thinking, cool, this is great and I'd love to get involved, we want to hear from you. All right. Of course, uh, in a while, I'll, uh, allow, I'll allow you to, uh, you know, direct them uh, to where they can do this, of course. But uh, right about now, I understand uh, come this Thursday, the moment of truth, the moment uh, the contestants have been waiting for uh, will be in front of them. And uh, the question on my mind and uh, many of our minds is, is this the end, you know, of uh, Mombasa Plastic Prize? Will there be more of it? You know, what should people expect? What is the future? I would say listen in on Thursday. <laughs> we can't say anything now, uh -huh. but we know that we have been speaking to our local partners. We've been speaking to the county government here in Mombasa. We've been speaking to other of our partners and really talking to them about what we think the future of Mombasa Plastics could be. Mm -hmm. And we hope that on Thursday, that's another reason to listen in, to, to come and listen in. And we, I'm sure the team here will also tell you about the outcome of it, but it will all come out on Thursday. That we can't tell you anything. We can't Suitably give you anything cryptic, anymore. But All right. stay tuned. Yeah. Um, at least uh, you've gotten our curiosity yeah. a little bit, yeah. uh, our levels a little bit higher. <laughs> I will definitely make time uh, to be there to find out uh, what is the direction of the future. Of course, uh, right now, I want uh, to give you this opportunity uh, to direct anyone listening, any young man, any young woman. Uh, where is it, uh, you know, they can find you, uh, be it in the social uh, media pages, physically, how, you know, can they uh, approach? Yeah, great. Well, the one-stop shop for all resources, including finding out a little bit more about the finalist teams and what they're getting up to, is our website, which is, if I remember correctly, mombasaplasticprize.challenges.org. So that's the place to find all of the information about the prize and how to contact us, etc. Mm -hmm. But a particular shout out to any young people who are listening and thinking, oh, if only I apply to the Mombasa Plastics Prize. I mean, I'm afraid it is too late, but as John T says, that should not preclude you from thinking about what your next business idea could be. Maybe there's a Mombasa Plastics Prize team that do something really interesting that you want to somehow partner with, you know? Mm -hmm. This, we hope, is the beginning of something really exciting, but that should not let any young person that is interested in this space to stop them from thinking about what their idea could be and how they could take that forward. And, and the other sort of call to action, if you like, is, as I just mentioned, to existing businesses to governments, to NGOs, to potential philanthropists. If you're listening and thinking, I would love to get involved, 
I think there are so many more partnerships that could be created to help get these ideas from already really promising, exciting solutions to something really big. And mm-hmm. we want to hear from you. Amazing. I would just want to say, if you want to listen, so so we have, it's going to be streamed online, the final event. We've sold out of all the, the physical tickets. We apologize <laughs> to everybody who's in really interested in doing it, but we are going to stream it live. Just Google Mombasa Plastics Prize mm-hmm. and go through the links and register. We've got an Eventbrite link where you can register online to attend, to, to stream it live. And I would say be inspired by what you hear about it. Be inspired by the ideas. Go on the website as well and look at some of the ideas that people have come up with. Because we need to deal with plastic. We need to deal with looking after the ocean. We need to deal with our whole planet. And it only takes one idea that can change the world. And that maybe that idea is sitting here in Mombasa and somebody's got it in their head wow. and they just need to get that idea out there and try to do it. And that's what we would, we're all here to do. This is what we're doing for all of the projects that we do around the world mm-hmm. is we just want to inspire that one young person to come up with that one amazing idea okay. who is going to change the world. Amazing. And uh, the final question before I let you go. Uh, I understand uh, a challenge is a journey. Uh, it is. It has been a journey since, uh, you know, the ideation, the selection up to the final day. I want uh, to hear from you. What has been that standout moment, that standout experience that you've had throughout this journey? Oh, there are so many. I have to say we had an event in March, our second hackathon, where we took the ideas, which in our first hackathon in January were just that. They were early seedlings of ideas. By March, they were prototypes, or at least low fidelity prototypes, the beginning of a prototype. Mm -hmm. And what was really exciting at this March event was getting the opportunity for our finalists to show their prototypes and their their more developed ideas to the Afri Plastics Challenge finalists. It's another prize that we run right across the African continent um, with more advanced entrepreneurs, if you like, as well as having officials from the uh, Ministry of Education. The PS was there, incredible, incredible group of people to be able to witness what they were seeing. And I think just seeing the finalists and the reaction they were getting Mm -hmm. to, to the solutions that they developed at that event in in march was amazing and it just went to show how how far their ideas had come in just two months all right thank you very much it's been a pleasure honestly (laughs) this has been so much fun thank you so much for allowing us to talk about mombasa plastics prize and yeah Uh, on thursday we're going to hear who the winners are all right stay tuned yeah we can't wait of course uh I see uh, one minute shy of uh, the top of the hour. Of course, uh, this is where I get uh, to let you guys go. It has been amazing. Uh, I do hope uh, we can do this again and again and again. <laughs> and of course, uh, when the opportunity comes, please consider Blue Radio for more chances. Of course, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in once more. This is uh, the Urban Experience with Man Like Ipto. Right about now, I'm going to be serving some fantastic tracks, of course, while I give my guests a chance uh, to have a sip of water and, of course, you know, to head on to uh, their 